All right. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining in to the Polo Show. I'm joined today with a special guest, Peter Lucas, as we're going to preview the 49ers' third game of the season against the Denver Broncos on Sunday night and talk a little bit about the Kyle Shanahan stuff and the Jimmy stuff going on. So let's get right into it. Jones and big middle linebacker Fred Warner made the stop. Welcome into the Polo Show once again. We're going to be previewing week three against the Denver Broncos. I'm joined today by Peter Lucas. Peter, thanks for joining on, man. Where can we find you on the socials also? Hey, I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, especially I'm sitting here in my car <laughs> right now. And like uh, it's uh, but it's a pleasure being on. And I'm, I'm stoked to talk 49er football. But hey, everybody can find me on the, the Niner Fanatic podcast on YouTube as well as anywhere you can get your audio uh, podcast. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter where you get it. Just get it. And uh, I'm also on Twitter mostly, uh, but I'm also trying to get on Instagram. But Twitter is, I think my handle's on the bottom. And then the uh, and then Instagram, I'm on at, at it's true 54 And then I'm starting to try and do some TikTok t- stuff too. So I'm, I'm putting it out there for you. All you got to do is go get it. All right. Sounds great. Well, let's get right into it. Um, I think the first thing I definitely want to address is we were just talking about this backstage. Uh, there's been some Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G stuff going on. Uh, we'll talk more about Shanahan later, but uh, basically Jimmy G is basically saying that he wants to free up the offense. He wants to be able to have more freedom and uh, he basically hasn't been able to play like that since 2017. And then Grant, which, you know, have your opinion about Grant all you want, but he asks real good questions to people, and he asked Kyle about what Jimmy said. And basically Kyle was saying, you know, I don't call games differently, so I'm not sure what that was about, but you should go and ask Jimmy. It's a lot of, like, he said, she said stuff going on. Um, And I remember something like that last year in the playoffs, and they were talking about one of his injuries. Basically, uh, Kyle was saying, like, it wasn't impacting the way he played, and I remember Jimmy saying it was impacting every single throw. So these guys just seem to not be on the same page. What are your thoughts on the whole Shanahan, Kyle stuff, disagreeing? And do you feel, I know you're talking about so you had a take on Shanahan. Do you feel that he is kind of handicapping the play a little bit for his quarterbacks? Yeah, honestly, I don't know how anybody could think that these guys are on the same page at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, why? Why? If I'm Jimmy, if I'm J- just think about it. If I'm Jimmy, I don't care. I'm saying whatever I want to say. At this point, like, we, what, what are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> like, uh, because you already tried to do that and it didn't, and it didn't work out too well for either party. But the, the, but the reality is this, is I've, I've had this theory for months and honestly for over a year now that Kyle, Kyle is, is very like strict about what he wants to see out of his offense. And I really think that, that not so much that he's been hampering Jimmy, but I think that I think honestly that he's telling him where to go, who he wants it to go to, and Jimmy just needs to fit it in there. Kyle, I think Kyle thinks that that his system is infallible, and that as long as you just do what I tell you to do, it'll work out perfectly. Um, now, with that being said, I think that people are. Uh, I know, I know we're probably going to talk about Trey later, but the, uh, but I think that that's, it all goes together. It includes Trey. And I think that that's, 
a big reason why we are where we are right now. But I, I, I love that Jimmy is speaking out about it because I think he's, he's got to make a, he's in a contract year and he's got to tell teams, Hey, this isn't all necessarily that I can do. I think I can do more and that, and, but I think, I feel like I've been hampered here and I, I don't blame him. And I fully expect him to do whatever he wants out on the field. I don't think he's necessarily going to fit, going to follow uh, Channy's game script. Uh, so I think that we could see some fireworks on this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Yeah, no, I agree. What's up, Tanya and Brandon? How's it going, y'all? Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I think there's truth to both sides. I think that there's definitely been times where Jimmy's been able to have the chance to push the ball downfield. He just doesn't see it, especially like Brandon Ayuk. But I will say I hope that because he was targeting Ayuk quite a bit in the Seahawks game. I was there. got to meet a lot of people and it was super fun. If he's recognized after last year, hey, this guy gets open a lot in man coverage and looks his way a little more. I think that's going to be really good, especially because I think Brandon Ayuk's developing into probably he is their best receiver on the team. Debo's a better player, but Brandon Ayuk is their best receiver. So um, I think being able to spread it around more is going to be really helpful. Uh, but listen, Jimmy's not been the most successful guy pushing the ball downfield. So I could see why Kyle maybe does try to hamper that a little bit. Maybe does try to you know pump the brakes on how much he wants Jimmy to throw the ball. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you don't want things super scripted where like you're just so stubborn to the point where it's your it's your system to the end where you have to understand that sometimes plays aren't going to go exactly the way you envision it. Teams are going to adjust. And if Jimmy is at a point where he's saying, well, I can't throw the ball anywhere else, or really whoever's back there, if it's Trey Lance or Jimmy, uh, that can be detrimental. But I also see both sides. It's just weird how they're just not on the same page. Like, I'm not going to say this is the reason that, you know, Jimmy's not been able to produce in certain areas of the game, but um, it, it is just weird because you see them not being on the same page. I will say though, you know, going into free agency next year, maybe he does kind of want to shift the narrative a little bit to like, Hey, the reason I'm not producing is because this dude's doing questionable things. I'm not able to showcase my full potential. I could so, so see him doing that. Cause um, it does feel like a bit of a chess match has been going on in terms of Jimmy knew he was on his way out last year. Uh, you know, so maybe it does behoove him to say stuff like, yeah, my injury is impacting every throw where Kyle's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then this year, yeah. Jimmy's like, Oh, well, it felt more free. That's why I looked okay. And I wish we'd do that more. I haven't been able to do that for five years. Then Kyle's like, That's not true. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's really funny. Um, but it, it's just a headache. And, and clearly, like, I know people have thrown out the, the, the scenarios where even if they won the Super Bowl, Jimmy would come back. I don't think so. I think that both sides clearly know, like, they just have to part ways when this is done. It's great to see he's here, though, just because of the situation they're in in terms of wanting to compete for a championship. Um, they're still in position to do that. But let's dive into uh, some preview for the actual game this Sunday. So we're going up against the Denver Broncos, a familiar opponent in Russell Wilson in his new uniform for his new team. What do you think are three keys to victory? And who do you think needs to step up? How do you expect the game to pan out? What are you expecting this Sunday? And what do you think needs to happen? Well, I mean, the number one, number one key to victory is our defense. And that they put the whole Russ is the boogeyman thing to sleep. Like, uh, actually, if I, if I never hear the word Russ is the boogeyman again, like it'll be too soon. <laughs> I'm so tired of that narrative. I think that they put that whole thing to bed. Uh, I think that this defense is for real. I think that this defensive line is licking its chops to get at Russ. Uh, and it's uh, like, so I'm stoked on the, I'm stoked on the defense. I think that they're going to, they're going to do some pretty exciting things this weekend. So that's my number one. Like, uh, I just know that the defense is going to be exciting. The My number two probably would be the, uh, would be the running game. I'm so, I'm so interested to see who is going to get a, ma a majority of the carries. I'm a, Ma I'm a Masonite. Like, uh, I want to see Jordan Mason get at yeah. least 10 carries in this game. Like, uh, I just want it. One get one carry <laughs> like no i want 10 i'm greedy like i am greedy and i want 10 in this game uh, i'm i'm tired of of just of knowing that this kid has talent and and they keep rolling out mid jeff wilson every every week like uh, I, i'm like we're done with that like uh, and if and i and we riot honestly if if it's jeff wilson and marlon mack <laughs> i'm oh, like i'm geez. 
I'm going to be upset. But uh, that's my key is, the, is, of course, the running game. The last key is just what we were just talking about. What Jimmy do we see this weekend? And, what, and like, does Jimmy go full, just goes full on rogue and just does what he wants out there? Because what is Kyle going to do? If he if he does if he does well and he and he's doing going off script, like uh, what is Kyle going to take him out? No, he's not going to do that. Like uh, so, it's I, I'm I'm here for it. I think those are the three keys. Okay, yeah, I got some similar ones uh, that you had, and actually wrote about my three keys. So my first one is the running game. They got to step up with a thin backfield. Uh, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. it, Jordan Mason. I want to see him get opportunity. I want to see him get good amount of carries. I do feel like he'll get a touchdown. Uh, I, th- I think we will finally see. I, it would be egregious to just have Marlon Mack out there with, with Jeff Wilson. Um, I, I, I mean, it would be a very Shanahan thing to do, but come on, man. Like, this dude had such yeah. a good preseason. He earned a roster spot for a reason. Give him some carries. Uh, but no Elijah Mitchell, no um, TDP. You got to run the football to keep Russ off the field and keep the chains moving. You know, at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. Um, My thing is, I don't want to put the hands of the, I don't want to put the fate of the game in the the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I think that's going to be the case all season long for this team is how can we control the pace and tempo of every single game where we don't have to put it in the hands of Jimmy G? Because that's clearly what they want to do all the time. I mean, you can go back to 2019. They won the NFC championship game handing only throwing the ball eight times, you know, so it's not like that's something new. It's definitely something that's going to be the case this year, but it is interesting with, with no Elijah Mitchell for two months and now no TDP for a while, how they're going to be able to do that. What will help is George Kittle's finally playing. He's going to make his debut. So just the ability as a pass catcher, the threat, and also of course his blocking should help out. Um, But it's interesting just because this is like the first, I want to say real test that both these teams are getting because both teams have faced inferior rosters the first two games of the season. Uh, if you look at you know, the running game, that also means the offensive line is to play well. And there's a big difference between playing the Seattle Seahawks and going up against Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. And also uh, something that I think a lot of people are forgetting is there's some familiar faces on that defense that are familiar with the Kyle Shanahan offense, especially when Jimmy G's under center. And that's DJ Jones, one of the best Jones. run stoppers. And that's Kwan Williams in the slot. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because you you know definitely all week they've had to have been spilling the beans on stuff on on Kyle and uh, the offense and you know what they tend to do just to get any advantage they possibly can. Um, where they should have the huge advantage though is coaching. I, I know a lot of people think Hackett is a complete joke and and um, my worry though the reason that I I put such an emphasis on the running game is because the Broncos have had 25 penalties their first two games. So I don't know if I'm going to expect that to continue for three straight games. I don't expect them to give up 100 yards for three straight games. You got to make sure you're keeping that clock ticking. You're controlling the pace of the game and running the ball is just the way you're going to do that. You don't want to put the hands in the ball, Jimmy. My second uh, key to that is kind of like what you said, defense, and it's specifically stopping the running game for them. Uh, so the Broncos right now, and it's really early, and like I said, they played really inferior opponents, but right now they're ranking seventh in the NFL in yards per carry. It's about about five yards a carry, 4.9. So if you can put a stop to that, you're going to force Russ to cook, and we know how that usually goes, and he's going to have to air it out, and Jerry Judy's probably not going to play. He didn't practice at all this week, uh, so I really would doubt that he goes out there. So if you're forcing Russ to be in a position where you have to let Russ cook, or let Russ ride. I don't know whatever the hell it is in Denver anymore. Uh, if you're have, forcing him to do that without Jerry Judy, I think you're in good shape. You got a great front seven. You got a great pass rush. He's been under a lot of pressure this year, and the Niners have been getting a lot of pressure of their own. I think that's the formula to victory on defense, at least. So don't let don't let them just start running the ball down your throat. You know, don't have one of those weird games where you lose the rushing game battle because both teams have run the ball pretty well the first two games. But like I said. You know, Bears and Seahawks, Seahawks and Texans. Let's see the real test. And my third key is Russell Wilson, the boogeyman. No Russ magic. So I was, I was looking at it, and it's actually really <laughs> crazy. Russ's career record against the Niners is 16-4. and four. And since 2014, he's 14-2 and two since 2014. 
that's just crazy. So if there's a game, if there's a game where Russell Wilson finally finds his rhythm, finally gets out of this funk, and and the Broncos stop being so sloppy, wouldn't it just make sense for Russell Wilson to have that game against the damn Niners? I made this joke with Jesse because he's a Portland Trailblazers fan. I told him I was like, this dude is the Steph Curry to our Damian Lillard. Like this guy just always figures us out. It doesn't matter what the scenario is. It could be last year with the worst team in the NFC West, and they still sweep us for the season. So they got to make sure no rust magic happens. That's why I kept making an emphasis on keep him off the field as much as possible. I don't want a Sunday night game where we do good the first half. We take our foot off the gas in the second. Russ takes the lead with like three minutes to go, and now we have to march Jimmy on the field to go win the game. You don't want a situation like that. You want to just put put your foot in the ground and keep going for all four quarters. I'm tired of seeing this guy beat us under every single circumstance. Take care of business. So those are my three keys. And and someone that I think um, needs to step up. So I don't know if you've been following this, but I don't think Eric Armstead has practiced at all this week. No, he's not going to play. So he's probably not going to play. So whoever fills in on the interior, they got to step up. Because I know Armstead hasn't really popped off the screen for a lot of people, but he is a big impact player on the interior. Someone's going to have to step up there in the defensive line. I think it's like going to be said, Kevin Givens. Run. I think so, too. I think it's going to be Kevin Givens. Uh, so whoever's in there, and they have a lot of depth, just got to make sure you're stopping that run. Uh, but I do expect I do expect a really physical game. I expect a really physical game. I think there's going to be some big hits. I think it's going to be both teams are trying to ground and pound. Um, Niners just got to win that physical battle. Uh, but what do you think the Niners can also do to make sure they put an end to that Russell Wilson boogeyman stuff? I mean, it's just what I was just saying a little earlier, and I think what you kind of alluded to. It's the defensive line has to get home. And uh, I think that Russ has definitely lost his step as far as like on his scrambles. And he doesn't seem to be able to get away as easily as he used to. It used to be you could he almost looked like a little slower version of Kyler Murray out there. And he was just this uh, jitterbug that would like go all over the place and duck under tackles and all that kind of stuff. But it's, I don't think that he has that in him anymore. And, uh, but I think that in order to just kind of crush that narrative, the defensive line is going to have to just go out there and sack him a whole bunch of times. (laughs) And they're going to have to get hits on him. And, but that's the beauty of this game is I feel like they're going to be able to do that. I think they're going to be able to do that. I don't think that I'm not afraid of Denver's running game at all, like uh, against this defensive line and these linebackers. Uh, and and you have to put in uh, a funga in that in that mix too because he's great against the run. I just don't uh, I just don't see it. Like uh, I don't I don't think that. Uh, yeah, you just have to crush that. You have to crush it early. You have to get to him early. And you and Kyle honestly has to he's been hearing the the stories about and the, all the narratives about how he he's very conservative and we just finished talking about his game script and how it's kind of it's he's a he he has really good play and he he calls really nice play calls but it's a little once he gets a lead he kind of just takes like you said takes his foot off the gas and he kind of just goes into vanilla mode and he's got to just do the same things the whole game the whole game what is he afraid I, I just wonder what is he afraid of is he afraid of get putting it on tape so now that other teams are going to be ready uh for all of the things that he rolls out I, I just don't think that that should be an issue ever i think you put out there you go out there to win and you come up with new wrinkles and you come up with new ways to call plays but i never think you should be afraid of putting what the putting your best plays out there and sometimes I think Kyle just doesn't want to put all of his best plays out there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, Kyle's obviously a great coach, and we're going to get into all that. And Pinor is in here. I know he he had he had some stuff to say about the whole 49er organization, so it's great to see Pinor in here. So we'll get into all that in, in a few minutes. But, um, yeah, no, I, taking his foot off the gas, that's been the number one criticism I definitely can give him. Uh, especially in the second half of big games. We can totally see that all the way back to the Atlanta days. People have been questioning him about that. So it's fair to question 
what bugs me about Shanahan is when people ask him about what he does, he basically just goes up to the podium and says, like, well, I know more about football than you. Like, dude, but it's a fair question. You know, like we can all see the results. We can see what goes on in the games. Um, and, and that's why, honestly, I understand the Debo stuff, too. Right. And I was going to ask you, how much do you expect Debo to be used as a ball carrier with with TDP and Mitchell out now? Uh, because. My thing is, I think Debo was basically what he said in the beginning of the year when he's at the press conference, that he's willing to do whatever he can to help the team win. A lot of people get really specific of like, I don't want Debo to get this number of carries, whether it's like six, seven, or eight, whatever. I'm honestly not opposed to him getting more carries at this point if it's just going to help them win games. If that's Kyle's best stuff, if it's his best available option, if Debo's willing to do it, I don't mind giving him bigger workload in the backfield. I honestly don't mind. Um but what are your thoughts on that? Because I I actually think Debo is going to be used quite a bit in the backfield this Sunday. Because yes. I just feel like I feel like even though we know we want Jordan Mason to play, and I think he will, there's just something about Kyle not trusting young guys on his team, especially guys that like that running back position. He didn't even want to play TDP last uh, week one, so I I think Debo is going to get quite a bit of a workload these next few weeks. And it's really weird, honestly, like uh, because. Elijah Mitchell was a rookie last season. And right. I mean, and he got rid of the whole, the whole uh, sharing carry, the carry share. Mm -hmm. Like uh, he was only letting Elijah Mitchell, he was running Elijah Mitchell into the ground. He's going to do the same thing to Debo. <laughs> He's going to do the same thing to anything that he finds that, uh, that can help them, that can help them win. He's going to run it into the ground. It's, it's really weird the way he does that with only some things and, and like other things he won't keep doing uh, as the game goes on. It's, I, I don't know. It's always been a weird thing with, uh, with Shanny. And like I said earlier, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like he doesn't want to show his hand entirely, but he's going to keep giving Debo the, the ball up the middle. He's going to keep giving Trey the ball up the middle. And he, he likes putting, I shouldn't say he likes. He he tends to put his best players in harm's way. They yeah. I, I don't know what that's what that's about. Like uh, why he feels the he feels the need to always do that. And everybody's gonna say, oh well, that's football. Like no, not the way, not in those not in those ways. And maybe that's the reason why people call Kyle a genius because when it works, it looks awesome. But when it doesn't work, and the, and those guys get hurt. And guys go down, then then you have to you have to be able to question him on those on those in those situations. And I think that now people are starting to question it, and it, because it's we've gotten a big enough sample size, and now like uh, and now he's just he's getting his ego. I feel like you're seeing it on full display. You can see it in the in the interviews. Okay. Like uh, he does not like being questioned at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's a really interesting, uh, it's just a really interesting, it's going to be, this is only week three. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> we got a whole rest of the season to go and he's already looks like he wants to kill every member of the media. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's going to be a long season and he already wants to kill Jimmy. Like we talked about earlier, like, uh, uh, so if he, if they're going to go at it all year, it's going to be really entertaining for Niner fans as long as they keep winning though. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it is. He goes up there and he just gives off huge. I'm the smartest guy in the room vibes. Oh, my God. It's and it's so arrogant. And, and listen, he, he's great at what he does. But at the end of the day, to, for any profession, if you get to a certain point where you're great at what you do and you get to a point where mentally you feel like you can't be questioned, you absolutely should be questioned at that point. Exactly. Um, now. Let, let's dive into, into some of that Shanahan stuff. That's a perfect segue because he's been getting a lot of criticism and I was at the game. So believe me, I, I saw this firsthand um, and we're after the Trey Lance injury. We're now on revenge tour part three. And I can't believe that that is the case because I used to joke about it and now it's actually come true. So I think I need to stop saying stuff because I think I, I'm just influencing the world a little too much. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on that whole situation with, with Trey Lance running in with the QB powers up the middle. I know a lot of people have different opinions on it. Um, and just how do you feel like they've handled the whole development process with Trey Lance in general? And how do you expect them to continue that process? So I have a pretty unique view, uh, like a uh, kind of take on the, on this whole 
Trey Lance development process. And because everybody's talking about uh, about the, the QB powers win, I mean, and I know we got a lot of guys that, oh, it wasn't QB power. It was a, it was a, a triple option or yeah. whatever the case yeah. was. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. The, the, the problem is, is that you're putting him in harm's way. And I know uh, Juice says that it's a flip of a coin and all that kind of nonsense. The reality is, is the more you put your guy in harm's way, the larger the chances are that he's going to get hurt. Like uh, if you're putting him, if he's able to take hits, Trey has proven that he's not a runner like that. Mm-hmm. He's trying to run over people instead of instead of uh, getting away from those hits. So why? 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 Yep. I mean, at what point do you see that maybe I should should stop doing this? this exact thing and maybe get him to the outside, whatever the case is, but maybe I should, should focus more on his passing. And I don't understand how he's supposed to, how he's supposed to develop as a passer and he's not passing the ball Mm -hmm. and you want to run him. You want to run him in triple options. Like how is he supposed to develop as a passer if you're not going to let him be a passer? But the, the unique take that I have on this whole situation is that what if, what if Shani this was the plan all along. What if this was the plan all along is for is for Trey to be another running back and it's like just a version of the Wildcat. And that's and that's what Shanny uh really envisioned in when he saw Trey and that he would just have him for the occasional shot play. What if that's the what if that was the 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 plan all along? And the only reason cuz if you think about it, he did the same thing with RG3 like uh, when he was offensive coordinator for the uh, for Washington, um, people are saying that oh well he doesn't trust Trey as a passer. But what if you heard him at the podium? He says, "Well, that's just normal play in the NFL." Even though he's running yeah. him at a thirty-two percent mm-hmm. clip compared to it, which is a higher percentage than any quarterback in the history. <laughs> like uh, so, what if that's the plan? What if that was the plan, and that the only reason why? He's he lets Jimmy throw is because Jimmy can't run. Yeah, that's the only reason why uh, Matt Ryan he he didn't run that kind of offense with Matt Ryan's because Matt Ryan can't run, Brian Hoyer can't run, uh, C.J. Beathard can't run, and what and and Kirk Cousins can't run. Like uh, so, what what if that's the plan and that's what the offense that he wants to run? What if, and we're not going to get a chance to see this until next season but if he starts doing the same stuff again i'm a full believer that that was the plan to begin with that he wanted to relive the triple bring back the triple option and run it the triple option in the pros and that's the big that was that's what he envisions i'm i know it's crazy to think and i think that that's why people can't people look at this situation and they think well it can't be that it can't be that they're t- I know I can hear the people saying it now you're, you're insane. Like no coach in their right mind would do that. But think about Shani's ego. Think about that. How much, how much this guy never does what we think he's going to do. Exactly. Never does what we want him to do. I don't think that anybody could, can really understand the depths of this guy's ego and what he want really wants to do. And I think he's, he has just a big enough ego to say, I don't care what the, uh, what a uh, conventional wisdom is about this subject. I'm going to run, I'm going to run him and damn the critics. I know it's, it's been a long enough time away from RG three for people to not really remember it, even though that's not true. Yeah. Like, so that's kind of what I think about it right now. And I, and I, and I know a lot of people are saying I'm crazy, but, and we won't know until next season, but that's, that's what I think about his development. I think that that might exact be exactly what he wants Trey to be. It's possible. It's possible. Like, listen, like Kyle never does the obvious thing and he does, and never does what we expect him to do or want him to do. Here's, here's my whole thing on this. And you kind of touched on it at the very beginning. People keep saying it's football. It's a freak play. It happens. He can get injured on any play. He can get injured yeah. in the pocket. He can get injured doing this. 
the point is, and it's really common sense, the more you run your quarterback up the middle directly into linebackers, you increase the probability that he's going to get injured, and that is the point. And how long do you plan on seeing that work? Because this was week two. So week one, I gave him a bit of a pass because I was like, okay, it's a monsoon. I understand. Trey has yeah. athletic ability. You don't want him slinging the rock out there. I get it. You're playing on a literal slip and slide. But when you're in week two, what was it, like second and eight? We were running all over the Seahawks already. It was pretty apparent. We were going to dog walk that team. You didn't need yep. Trey Lance to be a running back. In fact, I should have mentioned that earlier. Kyle's out three running backs now this Sunday because that's exactly what Trey Lance was the first couple weeks this year. Yeah, I know he had some throws <laughs> in the Chicago game, but but let's be real. He had three carries in the first quarter. How many would have he had the rest of the game? Exactly. And people say, well, well, it sets up the pass, so he would run later. You don't need to do that, though. You have a yeah. good running game with your running backs. If you can succeed offensively with Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, as limited as a passer as he is, he's not even a threat to be mobile. He's not really a threat to push the ball downfield. He's not really a threat to accurately place the ball outside the numbers. And you're still able to have a successful rushing attack with him for years. So why do you need to use the quarterback to run the ball for what, like three or four yard gains? What people don't understand, or, or I, maybe they do understand, but just, just want to cape for Kyle. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Trey Lance was going to lead this team in carries. He was going to lead this team in carries this season. That's what people don't realize. And it's so blatantly obvious. Maybe it would have been close with Mitchell, but at the end of the day, I just say Mitchell's probably going to miss some games due to injury. And, and Trey Lance was going to end up leading this team in carries if this continued. I saw the first game uh, in Arizona. And that, in fact, I remember I was in a space with Pinor, actually. And I like that Pinor brings this, this point up. Because Pinor, I was in a space with you in the offseason. And I said one of my number one concerns about Trey was he does not slide. He doesn't protect himself. And I remember Pinor saying, well, Josh Allen doesn't slide. And this is what I was alluding to. And Kyle tries to use a cop-out of, well, look at the Bills. They do this all the time. Basically using Josh Allen because he's a big, physical, athletic quarterback who runs. But the point of that, they're two different bodies. They're two completely yeah. different human beings. And guess what? Josh Allen's going to get hurt at some point doing that too. I guarantee yep. you it's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Exactly. And when you're running in between tackles, like what you said, Trey's not the most, I want to say, determined runner. Like he's, he's not decisive. That's the word. He's not decisive. Yes. When he runs, he looks really decisive. Like it looks like he doesn't know which way to turn. Like he's trying to juke a guy out, but he doesn't know if he should go left or right. He's really hesitant when he's running. He's not a he's not like a Kaepernick. When Kaepernick ran that read option, he hit a he hit a gap on the outside edge and he flew down. The he field. Just, yeah, he was just he just ran. He just ran. Like he ran. <laughs> exactly. and there was no there was no juking and like all that stuff. He would just get to top speed as quick as he could and try to run through arm tackles. Exactly. And and here's the thing too. People are now blaming Trey because they say, well, he doesn't slide. He needs to protect himself better. Dude, I don't give a shit. If you're running directly in the linebackers, you're, a freak play is going to happen. Even if you slide, someone's going to get a late hit on you. Like, remember when, when Alex Smith got hurt, he was running. This is before Kaepernick started. It was against the Rams. I was there at the stick. Alex Smith, I think he was scrambling somewhere on the left side, and he slid, but a defender came in flying because momentum or whether it was late or not, hit him in the back of the head, concussion, and that's how Kaepernick came in the next week. Yeah. There can, there's still freak plays that can happen even if you try to protect yourself. And what you should know as a coach, putting your player in the best position to succeed, watch his college tape. Did this dude ever slide? This dude yeah, always never. tried to truck linebackers against D2. He told you. And he, he told, told you. you. He told you he <laughs> like never he slid. Doesn't slide. When he slid against Green Bay, I was like, oh, wow, Trey Lance just slid. And he said, like, yeah, I've never slid in my life. Well, if, but if, honestly, if this dude has literally said he's never slid in his life, maybe you shouldn't put him in a situation where you're counting on him to do something that he just doesn't have the tendency to do yet. He doesn't have that discipline built up yet. So therefore, you're putting him in a position where he's just in harm's way. And and honestly, like uh, just to make a quick point, look at all of the t all of the like almost all of Trey Lance's runs. Mm hmm. They're there. If you look at all of them, he's always trying to get the first down because if he uh, because if he doesn't get the first down, then they're then they're kicking. Yep. And like uh, and so if he slides every time and they don't and he doesn't get the first down, like, I mean, 
what is what i mean what what then like uh i mean then we would be talking about that he doesn't want it enough <laughs> like uh, or like what would the narrative be at that point like because then then uh, then he's getting down because he's protecting himself but then people would say i feel like people would say oh he could have gone for that first down he's a big physical guy he could have fought yeah. for it it's exactly what people would say but yeah with, with that whole uh, running Trey Lance thing, I don't want to see that continue at the rate that it was going. Like, I don't mind using Trey Lance's mobility. I understand that. And I was telling people after the first week, like, he is a mobile quarterback. He is going to run. But do it when it's necessary or when it makes sense. It doesn't make sense on a second and eight against the Seattle Seahawks in week two. I'll tell you, I was there. The weather was on and off, but it was sunny. Like, there were times where yeah. I was beaming on that side with the sun. You didn't need yeah. to be running the quarterback in that situation at all. There was no point in doing that. And and there, a few other things with the Trey Lance stuff, and this is going to be the biggest topic probably today other than the preview, uh, it just shows you don't have any faith in them as a passer. And I don't understand this because how much better of a passer is Jimmy G than Trey Lance? Because yeah. people say, well, he was inaccurate in camp. He, he struggles with the short intermediate throws. He struggles down the middle. I just saw him in the Chicago game in the rain, tossed dimes, the throw to Ray Ray McLeod, stepping up, maneuvering in the pocket to hit Brandon Ayuk on the deep crosser, hitting Jawan Jennings uh, down the sideline. I saw him hit really good throws in horrible conditions. Why can't he do that in pretty normal conditions at home on a consistent basis? And like you said, how does he develop? Like, did you just did you trade up to number three to get someone to just be Taysom Hill? Like yeah. seriously, like what what are what are we doing here at that point? Just trade for Taysom Hill if you want to die. I was gonna say you could have traded for Taysom Hill for much <laughs> less than you got Trey Lance for. Why don't you just do something like that at that point? Like that's that's where I don't understand uh, the development process and and say what you want about Shanahan and all you know the whole regime. They've butchered this development process. This is why, and I understand why they wanted to sit him, but this is why the right thing to do was to play him last year. If you played him last year. He would, be, he would be a year ahead of where he was now in whatever the hell he was developing. Maybe they're developing as a running back. I don't know. Whatever the hell they were trying to develop him as this year, whatever that was, he'd be a year ahead. And you'd have year two. Now you're going to have to wait till year three just to see what you might start to have. Just to start to see it. We have no idea at this point. Uh, they've butchered that situation. And it's just kind of wasting a rookie contract at this point. And you have aging veterans. And... You're not going to keep Jimmy G around. I don't understand why they use him this way. I don't understand why they don't want to give him the room to grow. If you're afraid to give a quarterback who's practically a rookie the room to grow, the room to make mistakes, you should you should have just traded for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. At that point, you should have just paid him because that would have been an upgrade for Jimmy G. You wouldn't have to wait to see him go through growing pains. You know what you have, and you have a veteran quarterback, and you don't need to develop him. I, I don't understand. And listen, I'm not going to say. Some people think Kyle didn't want Trey. I think he wanted Trey, which is what confuses me more. I think maybe he does have this overly conservative mindset, not just with the way that he calls games. Maybe he's just trying to be overly protective of his rookie quarterback. When has he really developed a mobile quarterback straight from the draft? When has he done that? RG3. And and how did and how did that go? Like we all saw how that went too. Now he was forced on them, but still that didn't go very well. Highly fair. What's up, man? He said, let's ride. Oh, my God. That, that, hey, shout I, out hey, to everybody in the chat. Like, yeah, uh, I can't really you. see any of it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, shout out to everybody in the chat. Yeah, and, and highly and highly just brought up a good point. Like, how did he develop now with year three and no significant amount of starts? Like, we're, I thought Trey was a guy who would take about three years. We're going to have to wait till like, year six? <laughs> like, is that what we're talking yeah. about now? Good thing he's young, but is that what we're going to have to do is wait till he's, like, 27 years old to see if he's going to pan out or not? That's a terrible situation to be in. Pinor uh, said he could have been two years of experience after this season, and they would focus on the passing game. And, and I think they should have been doing it anyways. And, and it sucks because I read a story earlier today. Jeff Wilson was saying how breakout game was right around the corner. Like Trey was ready himself to prove doubters wrong. He heard all the noise, and he was ready, and then it was just taken away from him. And I, and I just hate that. Um, so we're going to have a lot more to talk about when it comes to the Shanahan stuff with Trey Lance. Obviously, that's never going to go away, uh, but it's revenge. It's revenge tour season three, and it, it is what it is. But here we are. Um, I just hope that they next year just decide to let him loose a little bit, 
let him be a passer. Let him make mistakes. Jimmy's going to make mistakes. So who cares if Trey makes mistakes? You know, he's not a, he's not a five-year veteran in the system. Now, yeah, let's get into the rest of the season, and then we'll get into some bold predictions and score predictions for the game, and then we'll wrap up. How do you see this season panning out? What do you think this team can accomplish? How far can they go? Um, and how does Jimmy G being under center change the way you saw this season going before week one? Um, what was the first question? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how basically just how, how do you see this season going for the Niners? How far do you think they can get? Okay, so I think that, I mean – I think we're we're going to get to the playoffs. I think yeah. undoubtedly we're going to get to the playoffs as long as as long as Jimmy do, doesn't get hurt. Because th- this is the thing that people forget too. Oh, yeah. Jimmy took over. It's week two. Yep. <laughs> yep. We got a long way to go, and Jimmy gets hurt every year. He mm-hmm. he may not always miss uh miss a bunch of games, but uh but he always gets hurt, and. All we can hope is that is that he does not that he does not get any like seriously injured. But as long as he doesn't get seriously injured to where he's missing uh, more than maybe a game or two, I see this team going to the playoffs. And uh, it's and then when the once the playoffs hit, it's anybody's game. Like I'm a true believer in that. This 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 era of NFL, it, it all it's all about matchups. So. You can, for people to sit there and uh, and predict Super Bowls and like all that kind of stuff, uh, I just don't. Uh, I never like to predict Super Bowls because once you get to the playoffs, everything resets, and then it's all about the matchup. And then you could face a really bad matchup uh, in the first in the first round. So, so yeah, I, I just think that they're going to go to the playoffs. And what was the second question? Yeah how how what was your view before? the Trey injury compared to now and how the season goes. How does, how does oh, Jimmy? I thought that they were going to the playoffs then. Impact. Yeah. I you, thought they were going to go to the playoffs then. Now, did, did I know? Uh, no, no, okay. I don't call. Like I said, I don't call for Super Bowls because the, because uh, like I said, it's a matchup game at that point. And we don't know what Trey, we didn't know what Trey was going to look like. Uh, but, but like I said, it's, if they were going to run, if they were going to play that the offense, like Kyle, I don't care. I don't care if Trey didn't get hurt. I don't, th- I don't like that offense at all <laughs> of yeah. just running him and doing the triple option stuff. I just don't, I, I, I don't necessarily like it. Like, uh, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know that it was sustainable if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, but I still think that they make the playoffs because I think that Trey was talented enough if he could just give us Texan game, Texan game vibes the whole season, that would have been enough to get us to the playoffs. With this defense, this defense is crazy. <laughs> so I, I don't think that he was playing any any worse than Jimmy was last year. And uh, there was no reason to believe that uh, that he would not have been able to give them enough to get them to the playoffs. Definitely. No, I agree. Like This was my prediction before the season started. So I thought... You know, I looked at the upgrades on the roster. I looked how we got a number one corner. Uh, I looked at, you know, Trey's ability to spread the ball around. I just thought with the weakness of the NFC from contenders last year, how they kind of downgraded. I felt like we were so close last year. We can get to the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd probably face the Bills and we'd probably lose. Until I saw proof, what I told people I needed to see first was I needed to see if Trey makes throws in certain moments when it matters most throughout the season. Yeah. If he, if he had done that, I maybe would have shifted my prediction a little bit to say, you know, the Niners could probably pull that off. Now I'm at the point where I still believe they can get to the Super Bowl just because they still were so close last year. Mm-hmm. And I do think this team is a significant upgrade with Traverius Ward and Hufunga, who is the real deal. I mean, this dude looks like he's going to be a pro bowler this year. If he continues this, um, but I'm at the point where now, like, if we were to face someone like the Bills, if it were someone like Josh Allen that they go up against, just that quarterback difference like it was in the NFC Championship, there's mm-hmm. no way they overcome that. There's no way you can overcome some sort of matchup with a quarterback like a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes when Jimmy G is your starter, unless the defense does what they did to Aaron Rodgers in the, in the divisional game last year. That's the yeah. only way it can happen. 
Um, and even that was like, you can't count on that to happen again. <laughs> you know, like that was really rare. Yeah. You're going to shut down the MVP and the best receiver in football, probably at home to one offensive touchdown. Um, so that's how, that's how I see the season going. I think they can still be really successful. Uh, my main thing is going to be this defense. I think, and I said right before the season, I said, I or actually said in August, like early August, I said, this defense is going to be number one. And people draw me for it because, you know, we have a tough schedule. We play some tough opponents. Well, statistically, they're pretty much number one right now. And I know that we only played the Seahawks and the Bears, but at the end of the day, a dominant defense, you should be up in that area of the rankings if you're truly dominant when you're playing inferior teams. So to me, they're just doing their job. But this Sunday will be a really good test. It's going to be a good way to see how we handle a quarterback who's more experienced, obviously much better than the last two we played, um, obviously a better running game, um, and I just think more talent on defense also. I also don't know if Patrick Sertan is going to play, though. I think he was big also. Yeah, he didn't practice either. Like, I don't think he's playing. Like, yeah. uh, and, But, you know, Kyle doesn't, doesn't target – like, uh, he doesn't target defensive players like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so it doesn't really matter – that like uh, I, I don't think corners actually matter against Kyle, <laughs> like uh, because he doesn't he doesn't like to uh, he's not going to pass that he's not going to be chucking the ball around like no. uh, so it's just going to be running the, he's going to try and run it 35, 40 times and uh, and then get and then Jimmy will get in where he fits in but I agree with you uh, like that they can they can get to the Super Bowl and what. And the difference between this year and last year is that I'm really intrigued because Jimmy, because Jimmy talked about playing free and like, uh, and just kind of slinging it around. If that's the case, I don't care if he's throwing picks, Yeah, just the threat, just the threat of that happening. Uh, like is going to be an, I feel is going to be enough to, uh, to loosen up, this uh, loosen up that front seven to get uh, to get the running game going. Like uh, they're gonna that because they're gonna get Kyle's gonna scheme some guys wide open. Jimmy's gonna miss some throws, uh, but just the threat of him throwing it deep is going to get is gonna get uh, teams out of what they want to do. And so, I it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. But like I said. I just want them to get to the playoffs every year. That's all I want for my team is to get to the playoffs and what, and let's see what happens when we get there because it all ma- all that matters at that point is how healthy you are as a team and how the, uh, and what the matchup is. Yeah. And, and, and like Piner said, they got to cash out on this year, man, because D'Amico Ryan's is so going to get a head coaching job offer. Oh yeah. yeah oh next my year, gosh. Like, yeah. Next year, you know, we got, uh, we probably got, what's his name coming? Coming back. Fangio. I'm hoping that that is the replacement. If we must replace D'Amico, I'm hoping that that's who it is. But um, one thing, because brought up Jimmy Ward, that's the other thing about this defense. We haven't even seen Jimmy Ward or Jason Verrett get in the mix yet. And I don't know how that they would use Jason Verrett. I do know for a fact, though, if Emmanuel Mosley had to miss a couple games, shit, it feels way better playing Jason Verrett than it does Josh Norman for a couple weeks. Yeah. And that's what we hey, had I- to do last year. Real quick. Like, uh, so I talked about, I talked with Andrew Pasquini about this on my show earlier this week. And uh, we talked about Jason Verrett and the, the thing about it is that, you know, that they're they're not going to run him out as the slot. Right. Right. I think that they're only going to use him when teams try to go four wide. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, and Andrew mentioned that specifically is that, is that that's probably how they're going to use him because they're not going to use him on an every, he's not better than Javarius Ward. They're not going to put him in there to uh, instead of uh, Javarius Ward. They're not going to put it take uh, Emmanuel Mosley off the field, like uh, so, uh, and and they don't want to put him in the slot because of the physical nature that the slot, like uh, that you have to be as a slot at this point, uh, and he's going to have to help in the run game. So like I think that they just use him as yeah, like when the when it's obvious passing downs and when teams rush run out like that with empty sets and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that that's gonna be interesting. What it what it definitely is is great depth. That like that yes. that is depth we did not have last year. I, I think this is the best secondary that the Niners have had in a really really long time. I think it's even better than the Harbaugh days. I mean, maybe the safeties. I mean, Deshaun Goltz and Dante Wardner were something different. Terrell Brown is pretty underrated. Carlos Rogers, but this is a deep secondary. And people and forget about record. Lenore too. 
Lenore's there. Lenore looks Embry good Thomas. in the in the offseason. Embry Thomas Lenore was our starter. He was our yeah, starter for, sure. for a portion of the back end last year. And he's not even sniffing defensive snaps right now. Yeah. Like and that's no like knock on Ambry Thomas, but it's just how much deeper this secondary is. And Hufunga being like the captain of that defense basically in the secondary right now, it's just incredible to see. He's got he could have had two picks this year. He could have had back-to-back weeks, dropped the first one, but it went straight in the hands of Deshaun Gibson. Deshaun Gibson has even been one of the highest-graded safeties in the NFL. These last how couple of weeks. crazy is that? <laughs> it's just insane. And I don't know how much of it is just how great the supporting cast is around them. That's probably what it is. But yeah, to see Hufunga flying around everywhere, like this dude looks like he's the real deal. I didn't expect it. Um, I do think that he's going to be challenged in coverage more by quarterbacks, but – I feel like he's just going to be able to step up. I think that the the depth of defense around the safeties with the front seven, the pass rush, Traverius and Emmanuel Mosley, I think it just takes so much pressure off the safeties to have to worry so much in coverage. I feel like, you know, when you barely have time to throw, you can't really get to that level of the defense on a consistent basis. The Niners have been getting pressure a ridiculous amount, like a, at a ridiculous rate. And yeah. teams are still trying to double Nick Bosa. And you look at the way Samson Nebukam's playing now, Man, I'm, I was bringing him up. I was like, do you trade this guy? I'm glad. And Javon Kinlaw. This dude is awesome. <laughs> and then Kinlaw is just destroying the middle. Yes. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, if anybody has been kind of a little bit of a disappointment to me, it's kind of been Armstead. Like, uh, he's been it's kind of, slow. now, he's been getting doubled, like mm-hmm. uh, I've been noticing, but he's been kind of getting pushed around in that middle. And, like, uh, so... Uh, like, but, but Javon Kinlaw has been looking really good, but he's been getting a lot of one-on-ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Tanya brought this up. Burks, uh, sorry, not Burks. Banks and Burford have been doing pretty oh. good. They've been steady. Ban- Banks is looking like, uh, like he's got that same Burford, uh, nastiness to him and he's just kind of hitting whatever's close by him. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they can remain consistent, I, I think they're going to be fine. Like I said, I think they have a really good shot this year. Um, but let's dive into the final portion here and then we'll wrap up. So for sure, give me any bold predictions you have for Sunday night's game and then give me your score prediction. All right. So I guess my bold prediction is that the 49ers have, uh, three interceptions and five sacks in this game. (laughs) That's my bold prediction. And my uh, my prediction for the score is going to be 20 to 10. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's not going to be let Russ cook. It's going to be cook Russ or Russ is yeah. cooked. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, like okay. Russ is, yeah, exactly. Like Peking Duck. I, I, I have no complaints about that. They they ripped the monkey off their back with the Seahawks and just beating the heck out of them last week. You got you got to do the same thing with Russell Wilson, man. Exactly. 16 and four in his career. That's just crazy against the Niners. But Here's my bold prediction. So I'm not going to say three, but I will say that I think the Niners will have at least two turnovers that they force. I think they're going to take the ball away at least twice. However, if it's a fumble or if it's a pick, whatever it is. Um, I do think that they're also going to win the rushing yard battle. I think it's going to be truly who can run the ball better and control the pace of the game. I think the Niners are going to be able to do that. I think Shanahan is going to get creative without three running backs, a third being Trey Lance, and he's going to be using Debo Samuel quite a bit. And I have 49ers 27-21. Just do not put yourself in a spot where you have to put the game in the hands of Jimmy G. If it gets in that situation, I'm automatically going to just prepare my next show for talking about how how we're going to have to talk about this loss. But that, that's the thing, though. When people talk about Jimmy G, uh, you know, slinging it, let Jimmy cook. Here's why I'm actually for it. I'm going to throw in why, why I'm actually all for it. Um, if he does, right, and it's successful, great. Maybe we increase our chances of winning a Super Bowl. I just want number six. But if it doesn't yeah. work out, let the evidence just show on film who the yeah. dude is. <laughs> so I'm honestly all for it either way. If Jimmy wants to cook, let him. Let him. At this that, point. That, that's my thing is just let the let the guy go out there and do whatever he sees fit uh like uh and i mean what do you have to lose 
Yeah. Like, honestly, what do you have to lose at this point? I feel like you're playing with house money. Your, your main quarterback, your starting quarterback went down. Jimmy's mm-hmm. a backup. So yeah. like, just go, it should, you should just be going balls to the wall. And then, and then if anybody says anything, you'd be like, well, my starting quarterback went down. How many teams yeah. do anything when their starting quarterback goes down? You're banking on a Nick Foles situation to happen right now, which is not, and Nick Foles balled out in that Super Bowl. <laughs> so, and it didn't happen at the beginning of the year. He didn't right. get it at the beginning exactly. of the year. He got it much later in the season. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, Tanya said she thinks that the Niners defense is going to stop Williams in the running game, even yep, though she has sure. it on fantasy. Yeah, no, I, our defense is Tanya knows ball. Um, she, Tanya does know ball. Uh Dan Graziano, I think, said it on TV this morning. I like turned on TV, and it's really funny because I tweeted this, and then all the Jimmy Truthers just flooded my mentions, and it got super <laughs> annoying, um, as if I said it. But he basically said the Niners are exactly who they've been the last four to five years of Jimmy G. They're just good enough to not win the Super Bowl. So yep. at this point, if Jimmy wants to cook, if it benefits them and gets them over the hump, fine. If not... It doesn't change anything. Just good enough to not win the Super Bowl. It's exactly what we have been. That is the truth. So exactly, we'll see. I do still, I do still think we have a really good shot. I think this is a really loaded roster. We got to make sure we get the most out of it, anyways. Um, hopefully, Jimmy can at least put together his second healthy full season, the first one since 2019. If he can, that gives us a good shot. I do not want to get to a situation where we get Purdy and then it's a Nick Mullen situation and then we get Ben Kurt starting a game. I definitely would, <laughs> don't want to get a yeah. situation like that. Yeah, um, no. But Peter, thanks for joining the show, man. I know you're at work, so thanks for being flexible, doing it from the car. You're putting in that work. And uh, tell us one more time where can everybody find you on the socials? Hey, I appreciate having. I appreciate you having me on today, Chris. And like. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody can find me on the Niner Fanatic podcast on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Twitter under Peter Lucas eight, uh, Instagram. It's true 54. And, uh, and then honestly, I don't know what my TikTok is, but you could probably look it up by Peter Lucas. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then of course you can find me on all of your audio, audio, wherever you get your audio podcast. Uh, I'm on all of them. So just wherever, where just says wherever you can get it, just go get it. That's awesome. That's awesome. By the way, guys, if you were entertained tonight, Peter Lucas is the first person to bring me on as a guest for any Niners show. So if you're entertained tonight, he helped me get here. So therefore, uh, you're welcome. And I and told also- everybody, <laughs> and I told everybody then that this guy was going places at that point. So yeah. if once he met, once you make it, and like, and you're on. You're over there with Emmanuel Alcho and like all those guys. Like, uh, uh, I better get a shout out. That's all. I, that's all I know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some guys I don't <laughs> want to be around, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> if, but uh, if you guys are watching, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you like this video. I'm literally two subscribers away from hitting a hundred. Once we hit a hundred, the next show we'll do after that. I'm gonna have everyone that tunes in and is subscribed get a chance to win a raffle for a free Nick Bosa jersey. I'm just going to have it ordered in your size and ship it directly to you. So make sure you're subscribing if you aren't subscribed already. Um, Also, my articles are in my link tree and my Twitter, which is in my handle. So make sure you can just you can go there if you want to check anything out. I'll put the audio out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. But, uh, Peter, I know you're at work, so I'm going to let you get to it. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Uh, everybody. Make sure you mention. Make sure you mention last man standing. Oh, and last man standing. I'm going to upload the video. We did our picks for this week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you follow Shout Niner Sickness. Absolutely. And I will definitely have the best winning percentage by the end of the year, I can guarantee yeah. it. And if I don't, it's well, got to be better than mine. <laughs> well, damn it. I'll I'll switch up like a lot of people do. There's a lot of flip-flopping people on Twitter. So, exactly. uh awesome. Well, thanks thanks Pinor. Thanks Pinor. Now we're closer. Now we're closer. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Thank you, Peter. Go Niners. All right, brother. Weekend, baby.
Thank you.